Welcome to Healthy by Choice, a broadcast designed to bring powerful healing into your life today. Gaining and maintaining optimum health is possible at any age. That's what thousands are learning at CHIP, the complete health improvement program offered across the country and around the world. You can learn more at chiphealth.com. But now, get ready to enjoy some proven results and priceless benefits. I'm your Healthy by Choice host, Charles Mills. If you're a reader of the Permanente Journal, a peer-reviewed publication of medical science and the voice of health insurance giant Kaiser Permanente, you may have noticed an article that seemed just a little out of place. It wasn't talking about the latest wonder drug or new procedure that's taking the medical world by storm. No, this article was about, among other things, food, about nutrition, about the future of healing. It was written by our guest today, and I've invited him to speak to us about what he said, why he said it, and how we can benefit by his words of wisdom. Herbert Sorensen is a retired obstetrician gynecologist and past medical director of the San Diego Medical Center in sunny California. Dr. Sorensen, welcome to Healthy by Choice. Thank you very much. Okay, you say the future of healthcare must include integrating lifestyle medicine into the mix. What did you mean by that? Well, what happened many, many years ago, there was what was called the Flexner Report. Uh This is back in around 1914. And a decision was made at that time to really develop and continue with the medical model of pharmaceutical and surgical interventions. Mm -hmm. And the only schools that would then be certified to turn out doctors were those medical schools. And osteopaths and other people who had other avenues of healing, they were really eliminated. Mm -hmm. So for a long, long time now, we have been living exclusively with the medical model And the medical model is appropriate for acute care. But as our population is getting older, we're facing more and more in the way of chronic illness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what happens today, for example, in our community, we just finished building a $1 billion facility. It's on the highest hill here in Escondido. And um, I look at it as a monument to failure Mm. because there is no focus in terms of nutrition and lifestyle. Hmm. And yet we know that approximately 70% of one's health is under one's own control. But the medical model doesn't have any avenue open for that. And that's why years ago when I got introduced to CHIP and we began to give the CHIP program, then my wife and I and our volunteers, we were able to see the results that happened And it's interesting, the physicians are the hardest ones to work with. (laughs) But we had one physician who came in who was depressed. He was on medication for hypertension, cholesterol, diabetes. And at the end of the course, he was off of all medications, and he eventually went on to lose 38 pounds. And he wrote me a note, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm trained as a super specialist, I've spent all these years in training and all these years of taking care of patients, he said, but this is probably the most important thing I have ever done for myself. And we had another physician whose uncles and his father had died of coronary artery disease. He had an elevated cholesterol. He married a little late in life and had a young child, 
And he came into our course, and his cholesterol, with no medication, returned to normal. That's amazing. And he wrote a note, and he said, you know, you have given us, my wife, myself, and my child, the, the gift of life. So when you've seen this kind of thing, and then you've been in the medical model all of your life, you realize something has to change. And then many years ago, my wife and I decided to become medical missionaries, and we went to East Africa. And this was back in the 60s. And there I had an opportunity of really observing what people look like who have not been eating the way we do. And uh, these people were healthy. They died of many other things non-related to our chronic illnesses. So between Chip and my experience in Africa, I, I really felt a passion of having to get the word out to physicians because in dealing with physicians, I found absolutely no comprehension of the principles of lifestyle medicine, which, of course, are proper diet and exercise. Now, if you look back 100 years, you go back to 1914, when you go back to that time when that decision was made, we were not facing what we're facing today. It seemed that acute care was the real need in the medical profession, so they figured, let's just go with acute care because that's where the need is. Am I right here? That's absolutely correct. And it's interesting, when I was in medical school many, many years ago, the earliest type of interventions we had for coronary artery disease was to recognize the fact that a person was having a coronary because of elevated enzymes. And this was back at the time where Eisenhower had his heart attack. And then from that time on, it seemed like we began to live in an epidemic. So it's certainly true in terms of hypertension, diabetes, coronary artery disease, strokes, and these things. They just were not that prevalent that many years ago. So when they made that decision in 1914, the decision was a good decision based on how it was then. Now, we have shown since then that that was a pretty bad decision because we are now moving into a very different world where all the integration is needed. Talk about that to us. When you say integrated medicine, what are you talking about? And what have we done to ourselves that now requires all of those other specialties, all those other medical ways of doing things, and even non-medical ways of doing things that we so desperately need today? Well, what's happened over the years, if you look at the food industry, what I ate as a child and what many of us ate as, as children is very different today. And when you go into a grocery store and there are 40 to 60,000 items there, other than where there are no labels, which is where the fruits and vegetables are, everything else requires a label because they are engineered foods. So we've had a huge change in terms of the food industry. We've had a huge change in terms of people being rushed and wanting fast foods. So that's really set us up. And then the other thing is people have more money today. So they eat out more, and they're consuming more things that have been engineered. The beauty of CHIP that we found, one of the greatest things that we did, was to take people on a tour of a grocery store Mm -hmm. and read labels with them and show them really, you know, what they were doing to their life, how many calories they were consuming from fat, how many they were consuming from from sugar and the amount of salt that they were consuming. 
So this is kind of how we got into that place. And then along comes Dennis Burkett, and uh, along comes Nathan Pritigan and some of these voices out of the wilderness, and nobody listened to them. And now we have good established evidence of really the power of nutrition for arresting, preventing, and reversing the, the plagues that are now really an epidemic in our culture. But the mind of most people, the neighbor, the community, the, the, the leaders in the community, the minds of most people are still stuck in 1914, where they think that medical science is going to take care of the problems, when the problems are very different than they were then. That's what I hear you saying, right? Yes, absolutely. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now, integrated medicine, tell us some of the, uh, the specialties, some of the areas that we are lacking, and you are telling us in this article that was in the Permanente Journal that we are needing so much. Bring us up to date on what you said to them. Well, what we really need to do is, first of all, for example, in Kaiser Permanente, we have 17,000 physicians. Mm-hmm. That, that's a lot of doctors. And I would grant you that not more than 1% of the physicians even have a clue because they're so busy in their practices, their personal lives, in the literature that they read. In medical school, they were not exposed to any of these principles. And as they've gone along in their careers, they have not been exposed to any of these things. So my thrust was to try to get a conversation started and get one going. Because until we get the physicians to understand there has to be a change, there will be no major changes. And what I'd like to see, as Campbell uh, said in the China study and some of his other books, he said, let's make lifestyle medicine a prominent feature of health care, not mm-hmm. medical care, but health care. So it is removed from being just a footnote. And right now, for most medical practitioners, lifestyle medicine is truly just a footnote. Yes, yes. And of course, you and I have to agree, you are a physician, but I am an observer of physicians. I talk to a lot of them. You and I both have to agree that it's not just the physicians, it's the teachers of the physicians. It's the people that that teach physicians how to be doctors. We need to also work there, and that's where it's the hardest, I understand, because that would require a lot of changes and a lot of money in medical schools. Yeah, for example, when I was in medical school, the only nutrition that I got was in a, a course in pharmacy, and that's true today. And the, the whole system has to change. I think that the populace is kind of ahead of us. I think people are beginning to understand these things. And if you look at TV programs, if you look at books and things like that, the populace is pretty well being inundated by new information. Yes. And they're beginning to incorporate some of that in their life. But the physicians, just because we're stuck in this medical paradigm, and the teachers, that, you know, they're being rewarded to teach what they're supposed to teach. Yes. But that's beginning to change. Places like Loma Linda, they're beginning to put on courses. And I'm sure there's other medical schools that are beginning to look at this that, you know, I'm not aware of. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, I want to ask you about us, what we can do to bring about the change that you know we need in the modern medical field. So we'll talk about that on our return, so stay right where you are. Well, I was about 50, a little over 50, and I had been obese for 
about 30 years and weighed about 80 pounds over my wedding day weight. I just, you know, felt tired all the time, didn't have a lot of motivation for doing much of anything. I knew I needed to lose the weight and I needed a program that I could do easily and for the rest of my life. When I found out about CHIP, I began to apply the principles that, that uh, were taught. I began to lose weight. The weight just melted off and within a short time, I was feeling a whole lot better. I was able to fit back into my wedding dress uh, for my 35th wedding anniversary, something I had always dreamed of and didn't think I'd ever be able to do again. And as I was walking one day, I had so much energy that I just felt like bursting into a run, which I hadn't done for many years. On top of that, I was able to play with my grandson in the, in the park, and I wasn't getting sick anymore like I used to. Chip just gave me my life back, and it's a lifestyle that I can do for the rest of my life. For more information about Chip and how it can transform your life, go to chiphealth.com. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. Our guest today is Dr. Herbert Sorensen, retired obstetrician-gynecologist, author. He is writing for journals, medical journals, and he wrote an article recently in the Permanente Journal about uh, the future of healthcare, and it says integrating lifestyle medicine. Dr. Sorensen, you have outlined very clearly for us in the first part of this program what needs to be done and in, in the medical world. What can we in the patient world, we as the people with the illnesses and the lifestyle issues and the problems we're facing and all the information that's coming at us from all kinds of directions, what can we do to help our doctors learn this, use it, and bring healing to our bodies? Well, I think that there is something that should occur in a medical encounter that rarely occurs. And that is that we should break the cycle of going to a physician and expecting them to be a pill fairy. Mm. And what we should do at the end of the visit, and what I always do is when the doctor is outlining a problem, I always say, what can I do as an individual in terms of helping myself so that I can apply strategies in terms of my health that are long-acting and not taking medications? But doctor, that takes time, and that takes energy, and that takes that takes us away from our life. We want to live our life. We want to have our fun. We want to eat our food. We want to drink our drink. We want to have the good life. You're taking us away from the good life. How dare you? Yeah, well, this is why the, the mantra <laughs> of healthy by choice is so important. Yes. And when I'll tell people, I'll say, you know, in looking at medical care, for the last 10 years of the average American they spend their life in disability. And if you point out the fact to people, you'll help them make these choices. And it's interesting, my wife and I were in Mexico, and we were asked to put on a little lecture down there. And a man that we had met a year before, and we had talked to him just briefly about nutrition. When we came back, he gave us this big hug, and I thought, you know, what's going on here? And he said, look at my belt. And he was down four notches, and that occurred just after a conversation the year before of maybe a half hour. So we went to give the course, and he said something that I think really is hard-hitting. I asked him to introduce us so that he could kind of set the scene. And he said, you know, I've never listened to any of these things, but these people came in, 
And they just really pointed out that there's something very important in our life, and that is the God-given right to have health. And he said, from this I have learned that the greatest gift I can give myself, my family, and my friends is to be healthy. Because most of us, if we have parents and brothers and sisters and things, we see them beginning to slide into this last 10 years. And I think if you focus with people on that, they'll say, yeah, I see this, I relate to this, and I really don't want it. And then what I try to do is I'll, I'll ask people, have you seen Forks Over Knives? Have you read the China study? Have you read Reversing Coronary Artery Disease? Depending on, you know, how intellectual the person is, but I almost always start with, have you seen Forks Over Knives? Because to me, this is one of the most powerful tools that we can use in communicating with other people. Yeah, I tell you what, Brian Wendell, who is the producer of that, is a friend of mine of Forks Over Knives, and he sent me an advanced copy of that movie. And when I first saw it, I emailed him and I said, Brian, you're about to change the world. And he did. Uh, It's been out for a couple of years now, and it's just, things are different now because of that movie, Forks Over Knives. And listener, Dr. Sorensen is so right. That is something that we recommend always on this program, that you take a look at that movie called Forks Over Knives. And it's a pretty incredible thing. So it began the conversation. It launched the change. Now, you've identified, Dr. Sorensen, what we can do for our older folk, for the gray hair people when they're facing those last 10 years. What about the 20-somethings? What about the 30-somethings that come and you say, well, I'm going to live forever. I'm not going to have these problems. I'm, I'm going I'm to bring more fruits and vegetables into my life. I'm going to go for a walk more often. I'm going to cut back on the things that are bad for me. They don't see what you see. How do you explain to them what's coming if they simply do this cut back, do a little bit better, and include some fruits and vegetables? What do you say to them? Well, that's, that's really the beauty of lifestyle medicine, because wherever a person is, because we speak of prevention, arrest, and reversal. Mm-hmm. And if you can point out to people, and people will see it as they look around and they see confreres and parents and relatives getting older they will see themselves in the future and if you just really point out to them you know you really have an opportunity of preventing this because so much of medicine has been related to the treatment of chronic illnesses so this is a whole different mindset Uh, here you have in your hand something you know for prevention this is where we need to bring things down into schools and everything else and and show them there are ways it's important to go with prevention, but I agree with you that the earlier generation, the younger people, that's a hard thing. Yeah. And then the other hard thing is people will say, I will never give up meat. You know, why a physician will say, you know, I like lobster thermidor, so why should I talk to my patients about nutrition? Yeah. Well, these are all impediments, but I think we need to look beyond the impediments with vigor and enthusiasm and just get the message out uh, in any way we think is appropriate for that individual. Knowing what we know, those who listen to this program have learned what you are saying, and you are saying it so eloquently today. Knowing what we know, is it really suggested by you and others that if our doctor who likes that lobster thermidor and doesn't want to change... 
Should we change doctors? Is it really necessary for us to go find someone new? Would that be a good idea? Well, I think you always want somebody that you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And we're going to begin to have more and more choices in terms of physicians. Not only choices in physicians, but in types of physicians, I hear you saying. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but that's that's coming very very slowly. Yes. There are physicians whose practices are you know are built around nutrition, but I think that for the individual patient to to change the physician, they can go in and challenge them occasionally too. It's always good to to challenge mm. the physician. Have you read the China study? Have you seen forks over knives? Things like this. But uh, I would say we don't have a large enough cadre of really trained physicians today, it would be hard to find one. So I would say educate yourself and do these things yourself. You have ability to control 70% of your health yourself. So educate yourself. Try to find us a physician you can work with. Try to educate them a little bit. Well, okay. All right. I hear what you're saying. And, you know, immediately I sort of cringe. Educate my physician. <laughs> yeah, you don't educate a physician. The physician knows what the physician knows. And he's gone to school for umpteen thousand years and he has spent all this money. To say you're going to educate a physician is, to me, fighting words. How do we do that? Tell me, tell me how to do that. Do you bring him a copy of the book? Do you bring him the movie? Do you say, hey, check this out? I would tell them, for example, that Forks Over Knives is on YouTube Mm. Mm -hmm. and tell them, you know, it's very simple. And maybe you and your family would like to sit down and watch it. And then what you do is come back next time and just gently say, hey, did you have a chance to see Forks Uh, Over Knives? I love it. I love it. I I think this, this is really an immense vehicle. And it's so easy to use today, so available, and it covers... So many topics. Now, Dr. Sorensen, are you optimistic as far as Kaiser Permanente is concerned, the, the thousands of doctors they have there? Are you seeing any movements? You wrote the article and it, you, you, you expressed interest even in other articles that have been written for this journal. Are you seeing a groundswell in the physician world to accept what you're talking about? Yeah, this this is beginning to happen, and uh, the difficulty is most of the blockage that occurs occurs at the administrative level. Hmm. Hmm. It's very, very difficult to make changes. So what I have done is, because I've had some time at Harvard Business School, I look at this in, in terms of how how can one really structure this change. And I've identified two consultants and they have agreed to come in if Kaiser would ask them. And what they basically do is they lay out a plan, and the plan can be briefly explained in terms of core co and new co. Hmm. Core co means the core business, and that is the, the medical care, the medical model. New co would be the new company. And what I see, the ideal, if I were a czar of the world and could affect this type of change, I would show how a new business, a new business model could be set up. This would be set up, for example, in, a, in an industrial center. You don't have to build something next to the hospital. This really is very separate from the medical model. Yes. Yes. And what you do there is you would have people who are trained in this, 
And if you have somebody who is interested in prevention, they go over there for education. Mm. If you have somebody with a, with a sign, such as elevated cholesterol, they would go over there. If you have somebody with, with a symptom, such as I've got tingling and pain in my feet and I'm a diabetic, they would go over there. So what happens is that you would have a new co that is coordinated with the core co. The core business has a new business associated with it that's integrated into it. And that is the model that I would like to see occur. This has been done in business, for example, when the New York Times went from print edition to a web edition. That was a huge adjustment. And the consultants I have identified are skilled in terms of keeping people making these changes from having to relive past problems. In other words, they're made aware of these things, and they can go into a situation like this with their eyes wide open and understand really what's going on. So I see in the future a radical change, and if that change doesn't come about, then there will be companies that come in and develop what I call freestanding collateral systems, the same as in the treatment of alcoholics. Mm -hmm. The medical care system did nothing. But two men in a hotel who understood the problem, they started Alcoholics Anonymous. So they really took over the care of alcoholics, and I term that a freestanding collateral system. I would like to see within Kaiser and within the healthcare industry an integrated one Mm -hmm. where the two communicate, but they're using entirely different skill levels. And you have got to begin by getting those two levels to like each other. You've got to get the physicians to like the integrated side of this thing. You've got to at least have them accept it and give it some validation. Am I on the right track here? Well, this is why I have suggested that forks over knives be shown at all medical centers. Yes, yes. Repetitively, not only for the physicians, but for the staff and for any patients that would like to see it. Mm -hmm. You have to change the mindset. The other thing is I just received an email from somebody last night who puts on all kinds of programs for physicians and others who are really interested in lifestyle medicine. And if I can get that individual or some other individuals, most of the medical groups have a major symposium. It's usually a three-day symposium. And if we could get a three-day symposium just on lifestyle medicine, you got to get the words out to the administrators and to the physicians and nurse practitioners and everybody else. Once they understand the concepts, then they will have respect for the people and understanding of those who will be handling the chronic conditions and prevention in a different way. So I agree with you. You can't have two camps. No. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to lay the groundwork for conversation that will continue and then set up a system in which they are independent and yet integrated. My. 
Listener, we have just been given a behind-the-scenes look into the medical world of what's going on, the demands that we're making. We want our, our doctors to help us get well. We want them to get away from this you know, a pill for every ill model, and it is happening. And I am thrilled by what you've said today, Dr. Sorensen. I am just absolutely thrilled by this. And listener, we invite you to the website, chiphealth.com. Lots of resources that you can find to make yourself healthier and happier. It's all there at chiphealth.com. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Herbert Sorensen inviting you to be healthy by choice. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about Healthy by Choice, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651. You can also email us through our website at 3abn.org. 3ABN.org.